The purpose of Retire with Style is to help you discover the retirement income plan that is right for you. The first step is to discover your retirement income personality. Start by going to resaprofile.com style and sign up to take the industry's first financial personality tool for retirement planning. Not only have two actors from Law & Order endorsed reverse mortgages, but also the Fonz and Tom Selleck. It's hard to believe they've had a bad rap in the past with endorsements like that. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Retire With Style. I'm Wade, and I'm here with my trusty co-host, Alex. Hi. Hello, Alex. And we're continuing our arc on answering... (laughs) <laughs> your your questions that were part of the live episode we did in early January, but got so many questions, we're, we're just running with it. Maybe two months worth of podcast episodes. It's a godsend. <laughs> it's a godsend. <laughs> <laughs> but we're continuing with the, the theme this week will be on housing and reverse mortgages. We got a, this may be a shorter episode, but we did get enough questions that we felt it was worth its own episode to address these. But before we dig into it, Wade, we've got an announcement to make and maybe a little bit of a bone to pick. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, at this point, you've had the opportunity. The uh, Retirement Planning Guidebook 2024 edition is out there. We did a webinar on it with the retirement researcher community to talk about the uh, tax planning. Uh, if you've listened to every episode of this podcast, you've also heard that story already. I've switched over to using effective tax rate management. It's something Joel Sasser does uh, with tax maps and so forth. I think it's a much more useful way to think about the tax efficient retirement distributions. And that was the biggest update in the book. Book is fully out there live. And uh, <laughs> yeah, the other issue is just the... Uh, this is something that it's not new, but it's the first, I posted about it at LinkedIn. Every month or two, people are pirating books uh, on Amazon. And so there was now a retirement planning guidebook that actually looked pretty similar. Black cover said retirement planning guidebook, had a picture of a map on it, had a different author's name, but otherwise the uh, interior contents. It's not, I think they run it either through, they ask AI to make slight modifications to the text, or maybe they translate it into another language and back in English. It's really stilted, but <laughs> otherwise it was my book, uh, Pirated. Who wrote it? Jade uh, Lau? Um, what was that? Who wrote it? Jade I forget Lau? the name. Jade, Jade something? Or... <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, just FYI. It's it's like one of those things where, yeah, it, I, I don't know what they do, but you know, Wade's book is becoming pretty popular so I, I guess they have algorithms they look at bestsellers and they try to you know remake them it, it's almost like wait you know what this reminds me of do you see coming to america way back when yes. way back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah not the coming to america to the original back in the yeah 80s. when when the guy remember uh I, I forgot his name uh from good times the dad from good times is is, is say is telling eddie murphy i got mcdowell's you know, they've, you know, it's a takeoff on McDonald's. You don't remember that? He said, they got the golden arches. Mine is the golden arcs. So I'm like, they got the Big Mac. I got the Big Mick. That's effectively what's happening, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, that was well, it's actually worse than that because I got an email from a reader. 
hey, I downloaded your book through Kindle and only half of the book is there. And then because I had recently updated the 2024 edition, I went and made sure that the full Kindle version was available and like, oh, maybe you just some glitch or something. Then I found out he was actually, he purchased this pirated copy, but <laughs> still had my address listed as the person to contact really? for anything. So now I'm having customer service on people buying them. So they're not even like, they're not even trying. <laughs> no, they're not even trying. It's really <laughs> a replica. It's slight modifications due to whatever, but it's, is that it's, worth the effort to make like a couple bucks? This particular book does seem to be selling better than some of them that are out there. But yeah, generally by the time, actually by the time you're listening to this, hopefully Amazon will have gotten it taken out. Okay. Maybe this is this book was one of the big winners. They might make a hundred dollars off of it. Really? It doesn't seem like it's worth the effort. So then but, they do uh, this to like a thousand books and there it is, you know, that kind of thing. What? Yeah, and it's all the author names are always made up. This is not a new thing. It happens every month or two. What a way to make a living. Well, <laughs> you know, the real deal, what's the name? What's the official name of the book? And uh go ahead. It's Retirement Planning Guidebook. And there's actually probably now 20 different books on Amazon called Retirement Planning Guidebook. Really? They don't all fall into the trap of being exact replicas of my book. Some of them are different, but they're mostly just scammy type books trying to bank off the Retirement Planning Guidebook name. So make sure you do see one that's actually authored by Wade Fow if you're looking to purchase. Not the Golden Arcs. The Golden golden (laughs) Arcs. All right. Okay. Well... There you have it, everyone. But more importantly, the 2024 version is out. Check it out, and uh, and there it is. Uh, we look forward. What what what's the what what new stuff did you talk about in that one? In the new version, what's like new about it? Well, it's updating all the the numbers to 2024, and then the tax planning, the using tax maps and the effective marginal rate method for thinking about when to do Roth conversions and so forth. Okay. All right, now all, now for our reverse mortgage portion of the podcast. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, we had four questions. I'll kick it off. On I'll kick it off. My spouse and I just moved back to Seattle and we wanted to buy a house. Beautiful area, by the way. Uh, the question is whether <laughs> we should use some or all of our Roth IRAs or other retirement savings towards the purchase price and get a reverse mortgage LOC to pay for line of credit. Yeah, line of credit to pay for the to pay for long-term care or other contingencies which is currently what the Roths are intended for. We don't have enough cash from the sale of our previous house to buy the kind of house we need here. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so strictly speaking, I'd be a little nervous about doing what this individual specifically is saying which is sell off all your investments to buy the house and then rely on a reverse mortgage line of credit for everything else. Uh, Another option not mentioned, but you might look at is the idea of the Heckam for purchase. You can actually use a reverse mortgage as part of purchasing a house. And that way you won't have to sell off all your investment assets at the same time. You'll have the housing part covered. You do, you may have to sell off some of the investments, but hopefully between the Heckam for purchase and between what you're getting when you sell your previous house, you may be able to cover most of the home price this way without tapping too much into your investments. And I'd at least think about that as a more practical way to incorporate a reverse mortgage into the strategy than uh, relying fully on the line of credit because you've depleted everything else. I, 
I agree. Uh, and this is where I'm going to be a wet blanket. And maybe it's already too late. And I, I get it. You know, you can look at me and say, yeah, whatever. Right. But with my Dave Ramsey hat on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That's another issue here. The, 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 the last. Can you actually afford the. Yeah. Maybe, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Right. And sometimes, you know, buy a house that's affordable. I get it. There's a, there's a, I don't know. There's there's a prickliness to that answer, but sometimes we just have to look at the mirror and and call it. So there's also that. <laughs> right. It's using a reverse mortgage as part of a responsible retirement income plan. And that's where I'm a little nervous about it being a responsible plan if you have to sell off all your investments to afford a much more expensive house. And I don't think the, the reverse mortgage can completely save that scenario. <laughs> Alrighty, but they heck them for purchase. Uh, at least I would look at that as a better starting point than the purely line of credit as a contingency fund uh, approach. Okay. Uh, next question: How do current mortgage rate levels, and in parentheses, compared to prior ultra low rate environment? So, how do current mortgage rate levels affect the evaluation slash benefit of a heck them line of credit? intended to be used as a buffer asset to mitigate sequence risk? Yeah, this is an important question that's coming up a lot these days because usually you're better off when interest rates are higher for for most financial planning tools, whether owning bonds, whether it's annuities, whatever the case may be. Except for having a mortgage. mortgage Sorry? Except for having a mortgage. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're a borrower. <laughs> uh, but the reverse mortgage was the one, well, I, yeah, I guess a traditional mortgage too. <laughs> from a retirement income context, the reverse mortgage is the one tool that benefited more from lower interest rates. So now that interest rates are normalizing again, the question is, did we miss out on our chance to really benefit from using a reverse mortgage? I think the answer is is no, that it's not as though interest rates are at historic highs or anything. They're still relatively slightly below historical averages. So it's still within the realm where there can be benefits from using a reverse uh, mortgage. Wait, just because I'm realizing now, we didn't kind of give a primer on reverse mortgage. We're just doing Q&As, assuming everyone knows what that is. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people, when they see a reverse mortgage, they associate Who's the guy? Is it Joe Namath? Who, who does reverse mortgage commercials now? No, he's a Medicare oh, Advantage a- guy. Uh, <laughs> Wilford Brimley? No, right? No, no, no. Tom <laughs> Selleck? Is it Tom Selleck? It, Tom Selleck, yes. Tom Selleck is one of the more recent. The ShamWall guy? The ShamWall guy? Is it? <laughs> well, Alec Trebek was doing it. Henry Winkler has done it. Uh, Fred Thompson going way back. Really? All right, well. Uh, but probably Tom Selleck is who you're people thinking don't, of. People don't, like, other than, like, Reverse mortgage, oh, that's a scam. You know, that kind of thing. Or that's like a, a B-level actor kind of pushing it. It can't be good. You know, those kind of things. What What are you talking about when you say line of credit on a HECM, you know, et cetera, et cetera? Just, just to level set a little bit in case people are just listening in and they're like, I don't even know the first thing about a reverse mortgage because every time I hear it, I just change the channel. Yeah, good point. And I don't think we've done an arc on reverse mortgages. No. It's probably come up in the context of Q&A type things before. But yeah, we got to do an arc at some point. Get in and line. I do have Get a 2024 line. updated. <laughs> Get in line. <laughs> got so many. <laughs> I think long-term care is the next one. We're even getting questions for it. But uh, I stop. I'll stop. Go ahead. 
Yeah, yeah. Long-term care is our next arc. But uh, I, I wrote a book. My first book was on reverse mortgages, and I do have a 2024 updated edition out. Uh, it's really just, it's a way to create liquidity for your housing wealth. So you have an investment portfolio. We're all used to, okay, I'll spend from my portfolio to fund my retirement expenses. But homes are not liquid like that. You either have to sell the home to be able to spend it, or you can try to use a traditional home equity line of credit, but that may not work so well because they can be frozen or canceled, especially during market downturns when you might want to really tap into that buffer asset resource. So the home equity conversion mortgage program it's administered through the federal government. Uh, it was created in 1987. It's a way to create liquidity for your home. There's a if you use a variable rate home equity conversion mortgage, which much more than 90% of HECMs are variable rate HECMs. There is also a fixed rate option that doesn't have the line of credit. But if you have variable rate HECM, you have a line of credit that grows at the same rate the loan balance would be growing. And so if you you have to be at least 62, but if you open this, you let the line of credit grow, you can have a significant contingency fund uh, to use in retirement. And it's a non-recourse loan. You don't give up the ownership of the home as part of the reverse mortgage. If the loan balance due is less than the home is worth, you can your heirs or you or whoever the case is <laughs> can sell the home, refinance the home, pay off the loan balance and keep the home. If the loan balance is greater than the home is worth, then it's non-recourse. You can effectively hand over the, the keys to the home and, and not be on the hook for the difference. That's there's setup costs, there's insurance premiums that go in part towards providing those advantages to the consumer because that the mortgage insurance fund will make the lenders whole. But that, that's the idea. You can potentially set up this home equity line of credit, uh, growing line of credit, and use that. That's what the first question we addressed was about. If I spend all my investments that were meant as my contingency fund to buy the house, can I open the growing line of credit on the house home equity conversion mortgage, and then tap into that as needed to cover contingencies throughout retirement? And that benefited more when interest rates were low because you get a higher initial borrowing capacity. Uh, the line of credit would grow more slowly if interest rates were lower. But usually you benefited more from higher initial value with less future growth versus when interest rates are higher, less initial borrowing capacity, but greater future growth. And that's where this question is becoming relevant is, well, now that interest rates are higher, I, I don't get to borrow as much. The, the idea is since it's a non-recourse loan where you're not responsible for more than the home is worth, the government doesn't want it set up so that people are getting these windfalls out of their <laughs> reverse mortgages where they, they have this line of credit that's worth more than the home and they can take out the difference and, and get this free money. So they try to design the program that so that doesn't happen. The idea is by age 100, they don't want the uh, borrowing capacity of the reverse mortgage to be worth more than the home. So it's just a present value calculation at that point. If interest rates are low, you can borrow more initially because it's it's going to grow at a lower, a slower pace. So it's less likely to exceed the, the home value. If interest rates are higher, you're forced to borrow less initially because there's greater risk that anything you borrow uh, could grow to be worth more than the home is worth. Gotcha. Curious if you should be looking at a Roth conversion or what a Roth conversion even is? Head over to mclaneam.com Roth to get McLean's free ebook, Is a Roth Conversion Right for You? And learn about when you might want to do a Roth conversion and when you might not. 
Just head over to mcleanam.com slash Roth to download your free ebook today. Wait, uh, another thing I'd like to address. It's a question uh, since we're talking about a topic that's not well well known. It's more niche, but you know, it, it should be at least in the arsenal. What are the what are the kind of uh, the reasons in the popular media or, or the like, why, or an advisor talking to somebody, why a reverse mortgage suggestion is frowned upon? You know that that people just don't think about it, and this happens. Uh, we were I remember when you first wrote the, the first edition of the book, we had a client, Kyle. We Kyle had a client, and uh, he mentioned the reverse mortgage, and the client, you know, asked a friend. Hey, uh, talking to my advisor, and and this person was spendthrift, was a spendthrift, and was gonna, it was just like going through the assets, and you know, even though you say it, it's like yeah, yeah, whatever, send me the wire, you know, that kind of thing, and ultimately it's their money, so it, it is what it is. But Kyle even recommended a reverse mortgage just to like, you know, you know, be a little more liquid. And she mentioned it to, I think, an advisor friend. The advisor friend was like, that's crazy. You know, if, you know, uh, you know, the whole kind of myths thing, the, the, the misconceptions about it, that's crazy. You should never do that. And that client ended up leaving, even though it was the right advice, just because the word of reverse mortgage was like saying Voldemort or something like that. Right. So what, since we're on the Q&A and, you know, we, we, we got plenty of time, what, what are these misconceptions that folks have and listen we don't care you know what you use or don't use we're just trying to apply the right tool for the right situation wait well the the biggest misconception is that most people just think you you're effectively giving up your home if you use a reverse mortgage and that was never the case at least not with the home equity conversion mortgage that there are some proprietary reverse mortgages out there that also you don't give up the keys to the home to, to just have it. Uh, but I think that's the biggest misconception. Also in the conventional mindset, when people talk about reverse mortgages, they're usually talking about last resort type scenarios where the individual had no other options. They spent all their other resources and now they tap into the reverse mortgage. And there's two different negative media articles that could come out of this. One is, the children thought they were going to inherit the home yeah. and then they find out that their parents actually spent the home equity on their own retirement rather than leaving it to their kids. And then they run off to the journalists saying, oh, look, uh, this reverse mortgage took my inheritance. And those articles usually miss out on, well, it wasn't your money anyway. It was your parents and they wanted to use it for their own retirement. And they did. <laughs> and so tough luck to you. But the, the article usually still ends up as somehow this was a bad thing to do. The other potential, no, go ahead. I was going to, heaven forbid the kids work, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> the other potential negative story is when it's used as a last resort, there are homeowner obligations. You have to pay your property taxes. You have to maintain homeowner's insurance. Uh, and, and if you don't, it, there can be a foreclosure. And so then you can get the story about 80-year-old foreclosed upon by reverse mortgage lender because they didn't pay their property taxes or they didn't. Uh, do basic home upkeep or yeah, but, uh, homeowners but I would insurance. That. If, if, if that's why you lost the reverse mortgage, trust me, you would have lost a regular mortgage, you know, before. It helps to kick the can down the road, basically, because 
they're not in a sound financial position and the reverse mortgage let them continue to enjoy the life they had a couple more years. Whereas without the reverse mortgage, you know, what are they going to do at that point? They could have sold the house and then I guess rent something with the the proceeds from selling the house. But I mean, they're eventually going to run into financial problems and the reverse mortgage may have just push that off a little bit for them. Yeah. So you, so it wasn't necessarily a bad outcome either, but that it's a negative media yeah, story. You don't want to, and, and what we're talking about is not these last resort exactly, cases. We're that's, talking about what that's not how we're framing it. Uh, going back to the kids though, what could the kids pay off the reverse mortgage and keep the house? Yeah. If they want, that's another, another misconception is a lot of people think their kids want to inherit the house which is usually not the case, but if it is, yes, they can. The, this whole idea of using it as part of a responsible retirement strategy is helping to manage the sequence of returns risk and so forth. Money is fungible. And if you borrow from the reverse mortgage, you may have less in the home equity bucket, but that can help facilitate having more in the investment bucket. And so the kids inherit the value of the home through their investments and they're better off. They've got a, a bigger net legacy at the end when it was done as part of a responsible plan, not when it's the last resort where there's not going to be anything anyway, but as part of the responsible plan, the kids inherit the value of the house plus some extra amount potentially. And then if they did want to keep the house, yes, they can pay off the, the loan balance. Uh, it's non-recourse again. So they actually 95% of the appraised home value, they can, if, if the, the loan balance exceeded that, they can pay that and keep the house. And if they want to refinance that into a traditional mortgage, that that's also a potential option for them. So, I mean, bottom line is, listen, it, it's a tool that could be used. Yeah, it, it shouldn't be that last line of defense, if you will, like like Hail Mary, because as Wade said, you're most likely just kicking the can anyways. But, you know, if you're using it to, as a buffer, again, the cash value as a buffer, for sequence risk for, you know, you're five years into retirement, the market tanks, and you don't want to tap into it, you want to give yourself a two, three year cushion, you have access to capital, you know, that lets you, you know, remain invested for a few years. And then you can, uh, you know, replenish it later as you know, if, if you believe in time diversification or not. Sound about right, Wade? Yeah, yeah. And that's so the first question was putting that in that context opening a line of credit, getting that growing line of credit, and then using that as their reserve fund for any sort of contingencies in retirement, which is a popular financial planning strategy. But we, but just to come full circle, you're, you're saying that sounds a little bit too much like a, a potential Hail Mary the way it's intended to right here. Well, yeah, that's where we were a little concerned. Is this truly a responsible retirement plan if we're having to use all our investments to purchase a house and then <laughs> going to rely on the reverse mortgage to save any other issues that come up. Like essential expenses and stuff like that. Well, the, yeah, the question didn't get into enough details. To, yeah, 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 it, yeah, It sounded like they've got their essentials covered already. It's yeah. just if they have a, a spending shock, they don't have anything to help. Yeah, I think sometimes it's just live within well I, I don't want to get into a, a preachy sort of answer so I'll, I'll leave it at that uh the next question we did no did we uh how, yeah we did which is the low interest rate environment it's effectively the present value so this is kind of one of the few times where high interest rates go against you because the amount you can borrow is less because the bank doesn't want to 
you know, be out of pocket more than what the house is worth. Uh, the next question. Well, uh, the mortgage insurance, the U.S. government mortgage insurance yeah, 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 fund. Sorry. It's really the one that doesn't want to be. <laughs> the, the, the big bank. <laughs> uh, <laughs> are there any metrics that help guide the decision whether a HECM line of credit is worth implementing? For example, less beneficial as the amount of the HECM available credit diminishes as a percentage of the size of the investment portfolio. Thank you for all the great information, resources, and perspective offered through Retirement Researcher, Wade book, Wade's book, and the podcast. They've been a great benefit to me over the last three years of my retirement planning, education, and preparation. Sincerely, Bob French. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice of him. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But yeah, so metrics to help guide the decision of whether it's worth implementing a HECM and the example given was the ratio of home value to investment portfolio balance. I'd say the, the bigger metric is just you want to plan to stay in the house. And of course, no one knows. But if you're planning to move in three years, you might just wait till you're in a home that you're thinking you'll be in more permanently before considering the reverse mortgage. That's a pretty important metric. Uh, specifically, what was being asked about the ratio of home equity to investment portfolio that's a, all a relative thing that, you know, the, the higher the value of the home relative to the investment portfolio, the more absolute benefit you get for your plan from having the reverse mortgage. And the, the typical, the average American household uh, in their 60s, two thirds of their net worth is home. One third is investments, not counting Social Security. So that's because it's such a big asset on the household balance sheet. Yeah, you're going to get more relative benefits in that case. With the HECM. And then as the investment portfolio grows, it's just as the home becomes a smaller portion of the asset base, you always could potentially create these benefits. It's just going to be less on a relative basis. So in my reverse mortgages book, the case study I use is the investment balances double the home value. It's kind of the inversion of the average American household. But the average American household's probably not listening to the the podcast anyway. Uh, the the people who listen to this podcast not, probably they're not more with that attitude, Wade. Not with that attitude. <laughs> right. Oh. Come on, man. <laughs> probably a lot of our listeners, their home equity is uh, their investment balance is going to be at least comparable to their home equity. Yeah, yeah. No, I think we probably have a a higher net worth type of body because do of the stuff we talk about. All right. So you think we should roll over our credit card debt all into one card or pay? <laughs> what? Why are you laughing? What? How does it work again? How do we, how does that roll up thing work? Are you talking about like the snowballing yeah. concept? <laughs> Something like that. I have no idea. Isn't it like, yeah, I was going off into some sort of Ramsey rift where, right? Like pay yeah, this thing pay and the then you do that. And... First, feel you're getting a win. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. That's the extent of my knowledge about <laughs> credit card consolidation. <laughs> All right. What impact of higher mortgage rates? Wait, what is the impact of higher mortgage rates on obtaining a reverse mortgage? Do higher interest rates negate the advantages of a reverse mortgage? Since a reverse mortgage is essentially a negative amortization loan, I assume a higher interest rate eats into the retiree's home equity more quickly. Good question. 
Yeah, actually, and actually, we, yeah. we've kind of addressed this because it was similar to it's a popular question these days. But yeah, it's just with the higher interest rate, you'll have a smaller initial borrowing capacity. The, the principal limit is the name for the borrowing capacity. Your principal limit is equal to loan balance plus line of credit, plus potentially some set asides, but we'll, we'll set those aside for now. So no pun intended. principal limit is equal to <laughs> line of credit plus loan balance, and they're all growing at the same variable rate. And so when interest rates are higher, smaller initial principal limit but then it will tend to grow faster. And so if that's all loan balance, it's going to be growing faster. If that's all line of credit, it's going to be growing faster. But it does take some time to catch up. It's starting from a lower base. And so what I what what in the question is there to, that's um, that's all the mortgage reverse mortgage ones. But we're good. We're all- I think it's really just our interest rates too high to benefit from the reverse mortgage and and no that's still not the case. In the historical simulations I did, 1982 was really one of the rare cases where interest rates got so high. In my assuming the reverse mortgage program as it exists today existed back in 1982. You're saying it's kind of a tough sell, uh, but but today we're nowhere near that kind of level of interest yeah, rates. Am I am I right in just rephrasing this and saying yes, interest rates are higher than they were like I don't know whatever two years ago, right? But still, mm-hmm. but they're, still not, they're not prohibitive to a reverse mortgage at all. What they do, though, is effectively limit the amount you can borrow immediately because the government doesn't want to be on the hook for a loan that's worth more than the house, you know, at your expected time of death. Is, is that mm-hmm. is that about the right way to say that? Yeah, you nailed it. Nailed Thank it. you, Wade. Thank. You. Well, we'll have to stop the podcast right now, <laughs> and we're going to record this clip and make it into a YouTube short and everything like that. The past thirty seconds. Now, <laughs> I, I think that's good. Uh, I think that's a lot for reverse mortgage that people's brains can handle. <laughs> My ADD's kicking in too. So, uh, what do you think, man? All right. Yeah. Yeah. In the next episode, I think we're moving more into. Well, there's going to be some safe withdrawal rate questions. There's some RISA type questions. There's some annuity Allocations. questions. Still a lot more to come. <laughs> the fun continues as we roll on with retirement, <laughs> retirement style Q&A edition. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for listening in. And uh, we look forward to uh, speaking with you folks next week. Let's keep it going. Right, Wade? Take care, everyone. That's right. All right. And be careful with imitations on the... Yes, don't get the wrong retirement planning guidebook. All right. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Wade and Alex are both principals in McLean Asset Management and Retirement Researcher. Both are SEC-registered investment advisors located in Tysons, Virginia. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational and educational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific securities. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor. All investing comes with a risk, including risk of loss. Past performance does not guarantee future results.